This episode of Locked On Royals is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. Wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch, belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day, except for in quarantine. Of course, with no sports, we'll move the show to three days a week, and then when sports returns, it'll be your teams every single day. On today's show, we're going to talk about Alex Gordon making a statement saying he wants to play a couple more years, and even into... Uh, the time from that the Royals expect to be competing for championships again, which is an interesting topic to say the least. We'll also talk about the latest proposal from baseball to the players, the first official proposal from baseball to the players. All of that coming up after this. We talk about our good friends over at Built Bar because I've got to tell you, Built Bar is phenomenal. They have a an amazing protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar for only 110 calories. And all of the protein that you're going to need, you can get Built Bar. It can be used to skip a meal. You can use it for your breakfast. You can use it for anything. It, it fills you up. It's good. It tastes it tastes incredible. My favorite is the banana nut bread. I love that one. There's also the peanut butter and the peanut butter brownie. All of the Built Bars are fantastic. You are not going to want to miss out. On Built Bars. I, I, I love the products that they've sent me, and I'm going to go buy me some more right now on BuiltBar.com. And whenever I do, I'll use promo code Locked On and I'll get $10 off my first order. Again, use promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your first order at Built Bar. I highly recommend Built Bar. It's great protein, it's a great snack, it's, it's, it's great everything. It tastes just like a candy bar. And again, it can fill you up and, and take away a whole meal from you if you want it to. Again, BuiltBar.com, locked on, promo code, use, use it for $10 off. I cannot recommend the the, the uh, banana nut bread enough. I, I really can't. It's, it's great. It's really great. Uh, so let's get into the first topic. Again, I'm Rylan Stiles, your host here on the Lockdown Rolls Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you love basketball, you should go right now, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Search in the search engine. Locked on Thunder. Go ahead and subscribe because next week I will have the first episode of Locked on Thunder up and running on on May 18th. It's going to be a fantastic show. I've already mapped it out. So we're going to record that show and post it to Locked on Thunder. And I'll also be taking over that feed from now on. So if you're a basketball fan, I know a lot of you live in Oklahoma, in Kansas. If you like the Thunder and you like basketball, go check that show out. Again, Locked on Thunder. Uh, over there, wherever you get your podcasts from. If you're on iTunes, leave a review. On Apple Podcasts, leave a review on this show or that show. If you leave a, if you leave a question 
I'll go ahead and answer that on the air. So if you leave a question about the Royals in the iTunes review, five stars, I'll answer it. Again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can do the same thing over there. And if you don't have Twitter, email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. You can send in your questions or your topics, and I'll get to them as well. So let's get into the show today. Alex Gordon went out and said that he hopes to play a few more years. And I, I want to know what this means. I want to know if this is if this is just Gordon speaking uh, or if this has real, real weight to it. You know, I can see him playing in 2021, okay? Coming into this year, you know, if you asked me back in January, I would have said there's no way Alex Gordon plays again after this season. However, as we just got done talking about last week, if Alex Gordon can't play in front of fans this year, the Royals can't play in front of fans this year, which they won't, then he deserves a better send-off than that. He deserves a better send-off than an empty Kauffman Stadium. So I could see him returning next year. That way, you know, the organization, the fan base, everyone gets to say their goodbyes to Alex Gordon. However, when you go into a few more years, that's when it starts to become overkill. And that's where it starts to become something I hope that the Royals don't do. I hope that the Royals do not just keep paying Alex Gordon, keep, you know, keep him in the big leagues, keep him on the roster just for the sake of having Alex Gordon. He's not the same player he once was. And in a couple years from now, he'll be even worse at the plate. He'll still be an amazing defender. But at the end of the day, you need to get guys like Kyle Isbell, like Khalil Lee. You need to get guys up here in Kansas City to play that outfield. And to have a spot on Alex Gordon, who in a couple years will not be a major league player. I mean, you can be elite all you want to defensively. If you can't swing the bat, that's a huge flaw. That's a huge hole in your game. That's half the game. You know, Half of your arsenal is flawed. And at some point, the fielding will go as well. Might not be this year. Probably will be next year. But you lose the range. You lose the arm strength. And when that happens, he'll be an awful player. So for Gordon's sake and the Royals' sake, I hope that they just do not hold on to this too soon. I really do. He wants to play a few more years. Again, I get 2021. I get it. Because he deserves it. And and selfishly, the fans deserve it too. Of sending off Alex Gordon. You know, in front of in front of a, a packed Kauffman Stadium. That last that last home series of the year would be would be very emotional, very awesome. So he deserves that. But anything beyond 2021 just seems a bit much. It just seems like overkill. It's clear he's no longer a good player. He he already had reservations about coming back this year. I mean, he didn't sign his deal until, you know, FanFest or, or right thereafter. This is, this is interesting to me because I could see this going one of two ways. He could bow out on time, which I think would be uh, at most after next year, after 2021. Um, or... He could hang on too long and maybe kind of hurt his legacy a little bit. Uh, ultimately, though, uh, I can see how fans, I can see the other side where fans are just saying, hey, we want to see Gordon, we want to see Salvi, we want to see these guys who are a part of that championship for as long as possible. Uh, and Gordon is a great clubhouse guy. He's a great human as well. Uh, but strictly from a base, from a baseball standpoint, at some point, you've got to get reps for Kyle Isbell, who played extremely well in spring training. Khalil Lee, same thing. 
Mantis, same thing. There's a lot of outfield prospects you got to get time for. And if Alex Gordon is playing 162 in left field, that, that limits your options a little bit. So I, I do want to see where this goes with Alex Gordon. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how his career unfolds uh, with, his, with this situation. Uh, there was a lot of positivity about this, him coming back. Uh, and again, 2021, I'm, I'm totally fine with. 2021, it's a, weird circ- it's a weird circumstance. I can see where you want to play in front of fans one more time. Uh, but past that, I, I really have some reservations about Alex Gordon coming back and, and what that would mean for the Royals and, and for the organization and for him him personally. Uh, so we'll talk about that whenever we get there, though, of course. After the break, I want to talk about the MLBPA and MLB deal that was proposed. I want to talk about the the flaws and you know some of the other stuff that happens uh, throughout the deal. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at the Willie Mays Audiobook. And this book is fantastic. This podcast is sponsored by the audiobook edition of 24, Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid, in a reflective and inspirational memoir the legendary Willie Mays shares inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. He is widely regarded as one of the greatest all-around players in baseball history. The beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experiences, meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword read by Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays himself and the co-author John Shea. Whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or you're looking for a perfect Father's Day, Father's Day gift, 24 is an inspirational story for sports fans forever about this living legend, Willie Mays. Go buy, the, go buy this book wherever audiobooks are sold. Again, that's 24 Life's Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. Wherever audiobooks are sold, you will not regret picking up this book. So I want to talk about the deal that was officially proposed to baseball and that of course is the one that you know the player association is going to turn down due to the fact that they have revenue sharing and that should be where we start uh, because the baseball thing is kind of secondary to this uh, the the owners proposed a 50 50 revenue split it saves the owners a lot of money doing it that way uh, and not paying out the prorated deals that they've already agreed to uh it basically is like a salary cap. You know, that's how that's how sports work. You know, NBA, NFL, where they do the revenue sharing uh, because you you cap out and things like that. Players obviously don't like that. They want as much money as they can possibly get, which I understand, and and that's what they've agreed to. Uh, the owners taking the side of the owners here is pretty interesting to me, and I don't really understand why we do that as fans. We look at the greedy players and, and just call them greedy and say they have so much money. The owners have ten times that. And they're the ones trying to change the structure. They're the ones trying to change the pay. And I don't get how they get away with that literally every time that that, that money comes up. And players want what, what they deserve. And we somehow, you know, as, as a collective fan group, side with the owners. Look, there shouldn't be a salary cap. And, and again, I said it yesterday. If, if a season of no fans can take down the sport... You didn't have a good foundation anyway. The players and, and owners agreed to prorated deals literally a month ago. What has changed? No one a month ago thought we were going to play baseball in, in May. Nobody. Nobody a month ago thought that there was any chance fans would be in the stands this year. So then why did you agree to the prorated contracts? This feels like the owners 
throwing something out there, throwing a, a little clause in there, the, the, the revenue sharing, because they know they can. Because they know that when the players turn it down, most fans will say that the players are being greedy. When the players come out and say, hey, we're not going to play for of revenue sharing, because that opens up a slippery slope of, okay, now we're going to implement a salary cap. And that limits the players' earnings. They're not going to do that. They're just not. They would rather not play this year than to have revenue sharing, and I don't blame them. But most fans do. So it seems like the owners just trying to put something in there that they know most fans will not call them on. And it, it's stupid, and I, and I do say with the players. If, if, they wanna, if the owners are really willing to die on this hill of, re, of revenue sharing, then I don't think they're going to see baseball this year because the, the players absolutely should not play during revenue sharing. I mean, that's a total violation of their contracts, the CBA, and that's not what the sport is. The sport is not a salary cap sport, and they're so proud of that up until the time it, it, that it comes to make business decisions. Up until the time that they can mess over the players and take players' monies, they're happy about not having a salary cap. They're proud of it. Fully guaranteed money. No salary cap. This is what it gets you. Sometimes you get into, into trouble with that. And again, these billionaire owners are not suffering. Sure, they're going to lose money this year. They might lose a little bit of money next year. Uh, you know, if there's if, if we start the season, there's still no vaccine. But at the end of the day, they can weather a two-year storm. It'll be fine. Prorate the contracts and only pay them for the 80 games or 82 games that they will play. And then move on. That's all you have to do. That is all you have to do. So on the field... It's been confirmed that the Universal DH will be in any plan that is approved. So, you know, I, I love the Universal DH in general. Uh, I do think that some, you know, most NL teams are put behind the eight ball. Outside the Dodgers, really, are put behind the eight ball uh, because you, you don't build your roster in the NL for a DH. So you build your roster for your bench to have, you know, fielding, you know, speed, contact, and then you have a ton of pitchers. So... I do think it's interesting on how they're going to handle that, who they're going to put at DH, and if that will just not, you know, it obviously will not be utilized as greatly as it could have been, of course. Uh, and, it, and it could have changed a ton of free agency moves this year, uh, you know, if, if you have that extra DH spot. Uh, the rosters, of course, will be expanded no matter what, and the playoffs will be expanded no matter what. Uh, the playoff expansion makes sense to me. You know, automatically in an 82-game season, more games matter. The Royals will not be knocked out of it. Until, you know, probably the 70th game. So, I mean, all their games are going to matter. Especially in expanded postseason. So, that makes sense. Make, make the games count more. Make the games matter more. And also, not just the Royals. You know, a good team. You know, the Dodgers. If they start out slow in an 82-game season, even though we know that they're the best team in baseball. You know, on paper, they're the best team in baseball. But they start out slow for a week or two. If you expand the playoffs, it does not bury them. Whereas, you know, in 80 games, you know, a, a slow two weeks or a slow month would kill you. It would end your season. So you do need to expand the postseason. I get that. Rosters expanding, I like that, of course, because you're going to have to, you know, you're only going to get a month to, to really train and get ready. And and I know that most players in a normal spring training setting say a month is, is good. However, they've been spending all off season at that point training. Right now, some players haven't been able to, to, to get out and do anything. So, I mean, this is a different circumstance from a normal spring training. In only a month, you're going to need guys, especially pitchers, who 
you know more on your roster so that way that you can you know get get loose and stretch your guys out and everything like that. The games at the home park thing, I don't know how that gets approved. I mean, NBA is still talking about doing a bubble concept, and the NBA has said if they do come back, it will be at, it will be using some sort of bubble concept, whether it's in Disney World or in Vegas. Uh, you know, I don't see how you play in your home parks, especially after California yesterday shut down you know their state until August through August. I I don't see how you can play in Dodger Stadium next year, or this year, excuse me. I don't see how you can play in Yankee Stadium. You you can't go to Toronto, so so Toronto's going to have to play somewhere here in the United States. So I I don't get the home ballpark thing. I, I don't get how that's going to work out, how, how that's going to happen. I, I guess you could just move all the California teams somewhere, and then put Toronto in their spring training site. I guess, but this does not seem realistic to me to to play all your games at a home ballpark. But the proposal right now, 82 games, starting on June 10th, and that'll be spring training, and then opening day on July 4th. Opening day on the 4th of July would be amazing, uh, you know, just for the history of the game, uh, for the history of the country. It'd, it'd be awesome, uh, but I, I don't know if we can get if I don't know if we can get there. I mean, you've got to think that the the longer we wait to agree to a deal, further pushbacks the dates of start times. I mean, it further pushes you back, and it further pushes you back. And the more you do that, the less games you play. You know, you go from 82 games to 80 games to 75 games. And at what point does that become not worth it? You know, is a 60-game is season worth it? If we can't agree to a deal between the players and the owners by, you know, June 1st, and we're only going to play 60 games now, is that worth it? Is 50 games worth it? I mean, what's the number here where I can get some of you fans to say, hey, you know, there's no baseball this year? I've been saying all along, if there's no... If there's no realism to this sport, you know, if, if we're playing with totally different rules and totally different divisions, I don't see how it is worth it to play the game other than, you know, guy on Twitter commenting, well, no baseball is better than, you know, some baseball is better than no baseball. Okay, sure, in a vacuum, that's fine. But what does it really mean? You know, what does it really truly mean to be playing in different divisions for a year, you know, in front of no fans? What what is it all going to mean at the end of the day, besides a return to baseball? So I, I want to see at what point do we get when do we get to the point where we've changed so much that even the the most diehard baseball fan that just wants any form of baseball says, "All right, this is not going to happen this year. Let's just let's just forget this year." And again, they have to come up with the same plans that the NBA does. Does a positive test? In the season, does a positive test halt the season? Are you going to be testing every day? You got to think about this stuff. So, if Mike Trout tests positive, which you know, of course, no one hopes that, if he tests positive and he has to sit out for two weeks, do the Angels just lose the best player in baseball for two weeks because he tests positive, or does the sport shut down? I mean, that could dramatically impact the season just like an injury would but I don't think that the players agree to this deal because of the the revenue sharing Uh, it didn't sound positive yesterday at the meeting on Tuesday so we'll see if we have any more information about that tomorrow uh, on the final show of the week Uh, tomorrow we're going to do the what if the big what if for the Royals you know exactly what that is involving Alex Gordon so we're involving Alex Gordon tomorrow we're going to do the big what if 
Uh, and if there's any breaking news, we'll also add that in to tomorrow's show. But be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you then on the Lockdown Rolls Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.